the Underpowered Hour. On this week's very special show, we're joined by Jeremy Hart, Toby Blythe, and Anthony Cullen to talk about the journey of discovery through the Ukraine 10 years ago this week. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Stephen Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about my cars and what we're working on at thebarriscollection.com or check us out on Instagram at the Barris Collection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the black and red inspection sockets to Stephen's USB-C. I'm the dead short of podcasting, Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram, at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Ike. Well, Ike, this week we have a pretty, uh, a pretty great show we have a group of individuals uh you know uh jeremy hart our very good friend mm-hmm. good friend of mm-hmm. the show and anthony Wonderful and toby guy. uh new friends of the uh of the show uh and uh we're going to talk yeah. about uh the uh journey uh of discovery which is um uh, contrary to popular belief not a trip taken with the band journey in a discovery um but in fact a a european um you know sort of euro asian uh journey from the factory uh ultimately to uh to china to the beijing motor show yeah factory expedition um uh, yeah. celebrating uh the millionth discovery if i recall and this is the 10-year anniversary and uh i think what we're going to talk about the most today is their time in the ukraine yeah exactly obviously this is a uh an incredibly challenging time for the uh for the country and for the people of uh of ukraine and we obviously stand in support uh of them and uh wanted to spend some time talking about the country in uh in peacetime so that uh, you know, we we all hopefully understand the value, uh, you know, of uh, of the country and of those people, uh, and the need for us to uh, support them. So, without uh, further ado, we'll uh, we'll rev up uh, ye old uh, interview uh, machine here, and uh, we'll get uh, Jeremy and the gang, uh, Jeremy and Anthony and Toby, on the show. I'm really excited about this. Let's go. All right. Well, we are joined for a very, very special conversation um, about uh, an event, uh, an expedition, if you will, that took place about uh, 10 years ago. In fact, like 10 years ago, uh, right now, uh, to the day almost. Uh, and we're joined again by our very good friend, uh, Jeremy Hart, and a uh, friend of the show, and a genuinely, uh, genuinely nice guy, and all-around uh, adventurer, uh, and by uh, Anthony Cullen and, and uh, Toby Blythe for this a very special uh, conversation about uh, the uh, journey of discovery, uh, which uh, took you guys 10 years, uh, not didn't take you 10 years, took you 10 years ago uh, through uh, a good portion of, uh, of Europe on your journey from the, from the factory to a couple of motor shows. And part of that, in fact, the part that took place this week, uh, took place in the Ukraine. And so we thought we would take a moment uh, to, uh, you know, given the conflict going on there now, uh, to talk about uh, the country, to talk about the people uh, in a time of peace, and, and, uh, and hope that we, we soon uh, see that again. So, uh, folks, welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, joining us. And uh, Jeremy, if maybe uh, you could just speak quickly on on your role uh, in that particular expedition, as as you know, uh, we're all very familiar with your uh, legendary uh, body of. Well, thank you, and it's great to be back on the show. Uh, yeah, I was approached by Land Rover to to come up with a, a framework and lead the the expedition expedition from Solihull. Uh, we, ha- we had an amazing array of um, people to kick it all off and then uh, lead it all the way um, across Europe um, into Asia and finishing in China. So uh, I guess I was, I don't know, expedition leader, whatever, whatever you want to call it. But um, uh, I got the nicest bottle of wine at some point from a, from a vineyard we went to, so they must have thought I carried some weight. <laughs> and, and Anthony, how, how did you end up in this, uh, in this motley uh, crew uh, trekking across uh, Europe and Asia? Yeah, so, um, so I've sort of worked with Jeremy on quite a few projects before and was part of the, um, the, the crew. So, um, yeah, it was, it, I was going to be the, well, I was the um, expedition photographer. Um, well, partway anyway. So I did from um, Geneva 
to Kazakhstan, I think. I think that was, yep, to Kazakhstan. And then uh, another favourite of yours and your show, Nick Dimbleby, did uh, Kazakhstan all the way to Beijing. So we sort of, you know, tag team uh, the photography on that. Um, so I, yeah, I obviously got to do um, all of the lovely European bits um, and then through Ukraine and then down to, to Kazakhstan. Um, so I was sort of shooting content on the road and then shooting it back to, to Land Rover of an evening. And then it was sort of social and newspapers and all that kind of thing. So, yeah. Very cool. And Toby, how about you? Yeah, so I was uh, I was supporting uh, Land Rover Experience at, at the time uh, and supporting Jeremy's team really and the, and the sort of wider expedition team. And I, I had the the immense privilege to do the uh, do the entire expedition. Um, started in in Sully Hall at the uh, the Land Rover factory and ended ended in Beijing. Um, I think I was the only person to, to, to do the whole thing actually, which was uh, as I say a huge huge privilege. I, I'm the, the guy who got lucky and uh, probably had the availability, I guess, at the time to uh, to be able to do it. Oh, that's awesome. So before we start talking about you know the expedition itself, let's talk a little bit about uh, the cars that you guys uh, took. So what uh, what Land Rover vehicle um, you know ten years ago, obviously that uh, that isn't the brand new ultra luxury edition astronaut uh, Range Rover, um, but what car were you guys uh, in at the time? It's probably one for Toby. He's the he's the expert on Land Rovers. <laughs> well, it was so, so it was all about discovery. Journey of discovery was the, was the name, and uh, it was celebrating the production of the the one millionth Land Rover Discovery to come off the line so those were the cars that we that we drove uh, we had four of them uh, all consecutive vehicles produced all all identical uh, and they were the 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 five liter naturally aspirated um, discovery four generation um, um, absolutely a brilliant brilliant car to do it in at the time and that was it the was, the lr4 here obviously in the uh, united it. states the discovery yeah. four and after that then they sort of stopped putting a number next to discovery and it has just been uh sort of discovery ever since were these uh, specially prepared vehicles or were these uh relatively stock cars Re- relatively stock there was a little bit of preparation for the for the expedition uh so we had the um discrete winches fitted to the front so the ones that sit behind the front number plate and are in be- great you know really nice discreet uh it doesn't sort of take anything away from the, from the looks of the car but you've still got the, the full worn winch full pulling uh pulling power uh we had duratrack tires all-terrain tires um on them roof racks um but that was about it to be honest there wasn't a huge amount of there was nothing mechanically different to the cars they were stock stock discoveries um and which was all, all you need do they have a special paint scheme or livery i'm assuming for the sides of the vehicles they have we had a livery, didn't we? So they were white, uh, white body paint, and then with a, uh, a specially designed Journey of Discovery livery uh, on the side, which was quite cool, actually. It was sort of representative of the journey we were taking. We had a, a, a sort of artist impression of the map on the back windows, didn't we? Which used to get kind of covered in dust and mud and everything else. And uh, and uh, we, it, it sort of had this wiggly line going through it. And quite often we'd be somewhere that wasn't on this line and locals would come up to us and go, we're not. You're not here. <laughs> which was, uh, which I you're lost. According times, to this map, according to this back window map, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Your your window map. Well, yeah. Thankfully, they got covered in they got they got covered in mud a lot. In fact, we weren't. We were about three or four days out of Beijing at the very end, and you, you, they they just looked epic. They were just probably you know probably a quarter of an inch thick in mud and then we had the most amazing downpour and it washed them virtually clean which was very just very disappointing but also covered up the the slightly inaccurate map so nobody could point that we weren't at the right place so land rover had said to us hadn't they don't clean the cars we want them to arrive you know in beijing covered in everything and and i remember we were quite frustrated at how clean they stayed because you'd hit every weather every climate along the way and it probably wasn't till about ukraine actually that they started to get despite having done a load of off-road and we'd been up in the alps and we'd done all sorts um that they started to look authentic and and wear the mileage you know that we'd uh so let's uh, a great segue into the uh, let's let's talk a little bit about about sort of going uh, into uh, the Ukraine. Obviously, this was uh, you know this was some time ago. This is this was uh, you know before even the the uh, previous uh, you know occupation and the annexation of Crimea and, and all of that. This was this was right before that. Probably at one of the more peaceful times in the in the Ukraine's uh, history. So talk to me a little bit about uh, you know rolling uh, into the country and. What, what did you expect from, because I think a lot of people don't 
really have a good uh, sense of the Ukraine, having uh, you know not been a per- you know particularly well traveled part of the world. Um, what was your expectation going into uh, the Ukraine? What did you think that part of the world would be like? Well, it was. I don't think anybody on the trip had been there before, from memory. I, I think we were all first timers, and it, it's like you know when you fly somewhere, you go from your home country into somewhere potentially completely different. But when you travel overland, of course, especially going through Europe where you're not, you know, you're traveling through different cultures and different languages and everything else. So it was more of an evolution because we went, uh, for instance, from the Geneva Motor Show, we went through Italy and went through Austria, went through Hungary and then crossed from Hungary into, into Ukraine. And there was a definite difference between Hungary and Ukraine. You know, the roads were the roads were worse, and it was all a bit more, a bit more kind of um, take it or take it or leave it. it the, you know, the driving conditions were tougher. Uh, I think it was the first time the vehicles really had any kind of workout where they weren't deliberately taken off road to do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything. And we remember thinking, "Wow, this is this is interesting." And I think it took a day or so to kind of acclimatize to to the different different conditions, but. The one thing I think jumped out for me, and I'm not sure about what the other guys think, is that immediately we we were made to feel really welcome. I think the one exception was a, a slightly drunken policeman at some point who um, pulled us over and you know um, clearly needed his uh, his salary topping up. But yeah, right. apart from that, everybody else we met in in Ukraine was was so so warm and you know wanted to know where we were going. You know, they they we went to the most amazing places, which we can detail if you like a little bit later. But generally, it was like this is a real pleasant surprise because being Europeans, all right, you know, we, we might have left the EU, but Brits are still European, <laughs> formerly Europeans, We're, yeah, formerly <laughs> European. It shouldn't have felt that different, but it did. You know, it kind yeah. of looked familiar, but it felt so. It was definitely a transition from Western Europe to you know, to, to, to Eastern Europe, but no, it was just, suddenly we felt like we were in a really cool place. And Anthony, what, what sort of struck you visually about, uh, you know, the difference between leaving what is, you know, in Hungary, obviously very modern European, uh, country, Budapest and things, very, very modern European cities, uh, into sort of entering what I imagine on the Hungarian border is a, a relatively rural, uh, part of, uh, of, of the Ukraine. What struck you visually about that? Yeah, I mean, as Jeremy already said, um, you know, the roads weren't as good, um, but still fine, you know. Um, but actually, the one one thing that struck me was was the signs. They were very, you know, the sort of post-Soviet kind of, you know, built to last, very uh, mm-hmm. cubic kind of, all of that sort of stuff going on. Um, I mean, one of the pictures um, in, in the Land Rover book and, and I took um, – you know, was one of the signs that we kind of passed, and um, and it and it, you know, it's a sign that you just wouldn't see anywhere else in the world. You know, it was so unique. You know, we're going east. You know, we've left Western Europe and we're going east. Um, um, and and sort of, you know, MIG planes suspended in the in, in you know off the signs and all this sort of stuff. So you know, it was it, and all of this stuff was a bit dusty. It's sort of been left. You know. Um, uh, I mean, I've you know I've done various places in Eastern Europe, um, uh, in Lithuania, places like Stalin World in Lithuania, where the all the old iconography has been left, you know, and this had that mm-hmm. feel of, mm-hmm. of you know that it obviously had been there back in the, in the sort of Soviet days, but had now they're moving on, you know, they're they're sort of um, uh, embracing kind of you know Europe and 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 this stuff is just sort of, you know. In amongst all the other signs, but occasionally you get this really kind of uh, um, striking sort of Soviet iconography. But no, reiterate, Jeremy, incredible, friendly, warm, welcoming people. Um, and I, I mean, I think, you know, just looking at the dates, we stayed there a week or over a week. Um, you know, we, you know, we, we did a lot of it. Um, mm-hmm. I'd actually been, so, so Jeremy was incorrect. I was probably the only person that had been to the Ukraine before because I'd been to, um, we'll come on to it later, Chernobyl 10 okay, years yeah. earlier. So I'd done a trip with uh, a magazine wow. 10 years earlier. So, um, so I'd, yeah, I'd risk myself <laughs> 10 years before yeah, geez. at that place. So. 
Well, Toby, maybe we can talk a little bit about the the route uh, that you guys took generally, and then we can we can sort of deep dive into some of those. Certainly, we got to talk about Chernobyl. That's one of Ike's favorite uh, topics, as being a uh, a hobbyist, a nuclear a physicist, uh, you know, in, in the spare time. Um, Fascinating. But, uh, yeah, yeah. The so so let's talk about the route. Where you know, obviously entered through uh, Hungary after you know uh, the sort of western part of Europe, and then what was the what was the ultimate uh, route and 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 exit point uh, to to head on? I imagine through Russia, as there's not much uh, not not much else to the east but Russia. What uh, what was the route? Yeah, so it was uh, as you say, entered in through uh, through Hungary first of all, and, and and what Jeremy said actually was exactly right about suddenly we noticed that step change. In all sorts of things, but one of which was was the road conditions, and it was the mm-hmm. start of a, a start of a, a, a probably a steady kind of decline in terms of what what you're used to seeing on European roads and, mm-hmm. and roads that uh, regions that have a lot of investment in, in in that sort of infrastructure. And I remember one of the first things actually is we basically went down over a border crossing and then down a big hill was it was it was a massive flood uh, do you guys remember this and we, mm-hmm. we we sort of took the cars through it and some amazing pictures that, that anthony will have of the, of the cars going through this um and it was the first it was the first time i think we'd encountered deep water uh, uh, and, and this was just on a on a road and there was it was deserted no one around just woodland either side and uh that was the sort of the start of some of the things to come, not necessarily for for Ukraine, but for the rest of the expedition. But from there, I think I might, and I might need the guys to help me with this a bit on on route. But I think I think Lviv was one of the first major stops, which is obviously in the in the news a lot at, yeah. the, at the moment. Um, which was a, 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 a you know, the whole place actually was striking in terms of scenery. And again, it was one of the things you, we really noticed crossing that border, and uh, everything changed. It's a UNESCO. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Lviv. Mm. It's um, because it kept switching from Austria to it was part of the Austro-Hungarian right. empire, yeah. and um, yeah, we we ended up in a 18th century apothecary, which uh, Anthony took some amazing pictures of, you know, sort awesome. of wooden yeah. thing. Yeah, so yeah, Lviv was was the first sort of major stop in the west of uh, Ukraine. Yeah, and uh, from there it was up to uh, Kiev first. Am I getting this right? I should. Have, I probably should have checked. Yeah, so we went to, first, yeah, we went, to went to Ki- went across to Kiev, which is the capital, and yeah, yeah, it, exactly. Kiev is the Ukrainian pronunciation. Kiev, right. as as in the chicken, is um, uh, is the Russian it's pronunciation, the Russian, oh. which, which is what we were calling it at the time, wasn't it? it was a, but, but, yeah, it yeah, was Kiev. Yeah. Right. Oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. Right. And um, now, yeah, just for a little so, perspective, this is uh, this is around what uh, 2011, something like that. 2012? Ten years ago, it was t- 2012. Yeah, yeah, so that's uh, that's only yeah. what 20 years after Ukrainian independence from the Soviets. Is that right? About that. So yeah. this is like relatively fresh for them, right? So the the you know buildup of their infrastructure and that stuff mm-hmm. is is not not complete and and obviously now it's uh it's much diminished you know after this invasion but uh yeah 20 20 years so this is a place that's 20 years from from russian occupation yeah it was so what was 80 uh, 92 the yeah so 92 was was the fall of the soviet union and uh, 2002, 2012. So yeah, 20 years almost exactly. And then yeah, so so, so if you, uh, day or day or two in in, uh, in Kiev, wasn't it? And I remember the highlights there. We um, Independence Square. We we parked the cars up there, didn't we, for for, for a shoot? Um, which again, you know, is a familiar sounding place. All of a sudden, from uh, what we see, what we see in the mm-hmm. in, in the news and so on. And mm-hmm. even since then, the the, the protests and or the you know the, the the issues they had in 2014 and so on. Yeah. It was uh, one of the places that was on the top of the kind of news agenda um uh, from there up to uh, that it was from there we went up to chernobyl wasn't it which was a fair way out up towards the belarusian border um again broadly in the middle of nowhere you go through a lot of fairly desolate countryside and it's all quite dense woodland quite a wet place ukraine a lot of lot of water and you're following the major sort of river route up mm-hmm. uh towards towards chernobyl um which was uh, yeah, just almost, almost indescribable, really, as a uh, as a place. As, as you say, Anthony, I remember you telling us at the time. I'd forgotten that until you mentioned it that you'd been there ten years earlier and you'd seen the changes of a little bit of. And it wasn't a huge amount, was it? They were plans. I was going to build say them. the changes, or ironically, the lack of change. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, that's it. And then, and then uh, so so Chernobyl, which yeah, we, we can come back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, it was I think it was shot straight down to Crimea. I, I believe 
We went to, yeah, we stopped at Odessa briefly. So uh, Odessa, okay. Odessa, yeah, Odessa, yeah. yeah, which was amazing. Um, Odessa was be- a beautiful place, and I think you know is a destination, isn't it, to, the, the, for, for many reasons. And the um, Potemkin steps, um, we I, we had we actually had, or Jeremy had managed to secure permission to drive the cars down the Potemkin <laughs> steps. But we decided not to, didn't we? Because we, because again, it was a it was a, a, a national monument right. through fear of causing some damage. We right. thought that would be not, you know, not make us friends with the uh, yeah. the, the the locals in Odessa if we were yeah, to right. there. You can handle a pushchair in a film, but not not a land. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, exactly. That's it. Um, <laughs> that was Anthony's previous driving experience, you know, before he got in the. Was it? Was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I remember we were looking at the steps, weren't we, and thinking, "How you know we can we can the car the cars are going to get the car, no problem. We can get the cars down down these without any issues whatsoever." But they were they were pretty, you know it's an ancient ancient monument, right? Eighteen something, uh, dislodging one of these. One yeah, of the, you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to be. Those you don't want to do it. You don't yeah, want to. So right, right. And I think we had a local official there who was very happy for us to do it. But like, nah, we're, we're, <laughs> let's not let's not risk it. Right. Um, so from there, then to Crimea. Um, and did almost a full loop around the coast in Crimea. And mm-hmm. one of the vineyards that we visited, I think there were two on the, on the trip. Maybe mm-hmm. there's one in Europe, but there's certainly one in Crimea and mm-hmm. one in China, mm-hmm. um, much later on. Um, coincidence. And, uh, coincidence, <laughs> yeah, by, exactly. Yes, it wasn't yeah, the vineyard tour of the world <laughs> this time, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, loop around the, the sort of the lower edge of the Crimean Peninsula, uh, which was amazing scenery. I, I wasn't expecting it to be quite have quite as much terrain in there as it uh, mm-hmm. felt a bit like the, the 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 corniche in the south of france you know mm-hmm. sort of big big cliffs yes. and everything else mm-hmm. and also yeah we just to add into what you said we went to yalta which was quite famous for yeah. the uh, conference with um eisenhower yeah. and um churchill, churchill and yeah, stalin yeah so yeah. um and, and, yeah, and that's right you know so churchill quite liked his wine i'm surprised he went you know, I don't know whether he liked the wine from Yalta or not. I think I think we were pretty ambivalent, but um, I think after bottle number it. one, I think he would be down for sort of whatever. I think after about bottle number five, it tastes quite good. Yeah, mm. I was going to say I don't think he's that discriminatory after a certain amount. So, yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's, it's uh, an amazing place. It was a beautiful, beautiful vineyard and a huge kind of huge sort of castle. I, I, I seem to remember they, they were known for the, the wine was very sweet, wasn't it? Which isn't necessarily what you what you, what you, look, what you look for yeah <laughs> and we we bought a uh, jeremy acquired a 1945 vintage maybe it wasn't vintage but it was a, certainly a 1945 bottle didn't didn't, didn't we jeremy from there that we yes we it seemed to acquire that trip. <laughs> yeah. somehow the contents of it disappeared disappeared right. somewhere yeah. in his back there we go yeah. there's 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 a picture one of anthony's oh, lovely pic- there's the, if, for those of you watching on watching on radio yeah yeah, seemed, to have, seemed to have hair in that picture. That was weird. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. I didn't yeah, recognize you. Yeah, the, the oh, contents yeah. of that bottle disappeared somewhere in Uzbekistan, I think, which yeah, I have absolutely no, it's nothing still, to do with Germany. There's a team, yeah, there's a team still investigating. We're not sure. Uh, hopefully they'll have some <laughs> uh, some follow-up on that soon. We'd have so. no punctures, by the way, by this point. That Is was that just true? A, yeah, not, not, we mentioned Uzbekistan. I think we had like... 10, 20 punctures in Uzbekistan, <laughs> but up to this point, yeah. I don't, I don't touch. Well, I don't think anything had gone wrong with the cars at all. I think they were absolutely bomb-proof. You know, bomb-proof. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, yeah, absolutely amazing. Yeah, and I, I remember at the time, Land Rover had had only recently started using that tire. I see. Um, okay. The Dura Track, and they yeah. were very interested in how we were. So we were reporting back on tire condition, oh, and it was sort of hey, nothing, nothing to tell. Tires, tires are good, and and that to the point where. We were. It, it was actually pothole damage was the thing, but yeah. it was like pothole damage that no tire is going to is going to cope particularly on, on a yeah. on a normal um, yeah. uh, probably nineteen inch rim. I think we. Had, okay. Yeah. Think, yeah. 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 Um, so that that was that was later on when we started, and the cars were heavily loaded as well. Mm-hmm. So it's fair, fair. Uh, it's a big pretty ask, good. Really. Uh, yeah. Pretty good challenge for them. That, actually, people might find that interesting. I mean, you were talking about the kit that uh, there was you know, on. Uh, you know, uh, actually fitted to the car but we had a lot of stuff in there i mean for instance um we had our own health and safety guy that came Mm. with us and Mm -hmm. one of the things that we took was the jaws of jaws of life with us oh my goodness oh wow yeah no we 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 were seriously kitted out (laughs) um and in fact we used them 
Uh, thankfully oh. not on our. Thankfully not. I was going to say recreationally or. We got bored. We got bored. <laughs> yes, maybe Andy can show us how many fingers he's missing. <laughs> <laughs> After that so bottle of nineteen forty-five wine, yeah, yeah the wine and jewels of life don't go well together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah. no, we we came across an accident in Kyrgyzstan, um, okay. which is the last place before crossing into China, and. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was a pretty nasty accident, and, and used them to, to to get get the guy out of the car, and um, so there we go. But no, we had a lot of kit, and Anthony, you know, yeah. and, and the camera guys, and everything else. There was, mm-hmm. and the, we managed to find room for the wine, though somehow. I don't yeah, know of course, that. yeah. Well, that's a priority. Yeah, there's a uh, some of the important bits had to be moved up to the roof in order to make room for the wine inside. So, but that's fine. Yeah, the, you know, that's uh, the medical kits and things. We stopped off at Red Bulls in Switzerland as well, and, and got a load of Red Bulls as well for the long. Oh day. my Austria. goodness! Yeah, yeah, in Austria. Yeah. yeah, and didn't sleep then straight no, through to China. It. So yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We no. had yeah, yeah. They said they'd give us a little bit. Uh, you know, if you, we asked for a bit for the journey. We had a contact over there, and um, oh, I'm sure. it was pretty much a car load that turned up. Well, let's take it with us. It's very generous. Any, any experience I've ever had with uh, the Red Bull folks, yeah, they are. Uh, that stuff is uh, is free flowing in a way that is, uh, is slightly upsetting. <laughs> I had an opportunity to spend some time with the uh, with the Mercedes uh, uh, folks, and the, they uh, strictly uh, Monster Energy drink. They do not, as <laughs> right. you can imagine, they do not yeah. care for the Red Bull. That is a uh, constant uh, thorn in their side, especially after uh, last year's Formula One. They are not, uh, no, no Red Bull allowed anywhere near uh, those guys. So, yeah. We're going to take a very quick break to hear from this sponsor. And now back to the show. Now you talk. You guys talked a little bit about uh, the Ukrainians being, uh, you know, welcoming and warm. Uh, what sort of reaction did you get? Uh, you know, bringing all these vehicles there. Did, were they interested in them? Did they care about them? You know, uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it, people were really interested, weren't they? Yeah, I think. Well, as I said, we, we, apart from getting pulled over at one point by a, a, a by a, a policeman who. You know, clearly needed to top up his his, his mortgage kitty or something. But um, I mean, can you no, blame I, him? There's like what five no, land no, room, five absolutely. brand new Land Rovers there. Exactly. <laughs> must have got. He thought this, this, is, this is this there's is this is yeah. Our um Those guys our, our, money. Our, our Russian speaking guide, um, uh, who I'm convinced to this day had an alter ego of of being a British spy in, uh, in <laughs> Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, you know the worst. Uh, you know the worst dressed man in history, and yeah, um, yeah he, I think he, he he met his match in the. I, in I the feel Ukraine better now. I, you've met me, and you said that, so I feel better about that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's a close race, he, though. Oh. But. Um, People were interested, you know. Toby was saying, you know, we parked up in Independence Square. Um, you know, we when we took the we took the car. We'll go maybe into Chernobyl in detail, but you know, we got permission to take the cars into Chernobyl, and in fact, we in the end we used a, a, a local Land Rover Ukraine vehicle to go in there because the quite rightly the mechanics, the Land Rover experience guys that were with us were a little reticent to be diving underneath a car that had been driving over um, radiated ground. So um, actually when we went into Chernobyl itself, we used another discovery that was supplied locally just for, Mm. you know, the five, 10 miles to go, to go in there and back out again. Um, But everywhere we went, people, you know, because they, if if you look at any of Anthony's pictures, and I'm sure he'll share them with you to, to maybe put on your social Mm -hmm. media or whatever Mm -hmm. is, they really stand out. It's a bit like driving yeah. a you know a three ton Formula One car through the right. you know through through the streets <laughs> with all the logos on and yeah. roof You don't see and, a lot of heavily uh, sponsored uh, vehicles in the middle of uh, of uh, rural no. Ukraine. Yeah, with no. UK no. No, exactly, and no. yeah, you know, UK license plates and all that kind of thing. But I think yeah. also the, the history that Ike was talking about is very important. Is that you know the the country had only been twenty years independent in this particular period of its history. Um, and very independent people, you know, and we're seeing that with what's going on at the moment. They, you know, they, they are Ukrainian. And of course, you know, there are lots of relations with all sorts of other countries around there, but, you know, they're, they're fiercely independent and very proud. Um, and they really wanted to share, you know, their, their lives, their store, their, their food, their wine, um, you know, they, they wanted us to know about their way of life and, and, and they were very much, and, and still are, you know, want to be seen as as Ukrainians, and um, yeah. so 
you know, they wanted us to draw, or happy for us to drive down the Potemkin stairs in Odessa. You know, they allowed us to drive into a former uh, nuclear submarine base in uh, Balaclava in um, Crimea. Uh, I mean, pretty well everything that we are. And it was such a good idea that Top Gear then followed that and did that themselves a, a couple of years later. So, um, you know, <laughs> there we go. It, for me, of the whole trip, and I was fortunate, I'd been everywhere else on the uh, on the journey previously, with one exception, it was the highlight for me. It really was the, and, and that was because it was unexpected. You know, you ended up somewhere where you think, oh, this will just be a week, nothing exciting, and it was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. So um, that, that's why this 10-year anniversary is so important, I think, certainly to me, and I'm sure to the guys, you know, that you know, we're looking at the TV and going, yeah, we we've been there, you know, and and, and yeah, we've we, met we know these people. This, sure, we we've met these people, and they are a wonderful, wonderful country and wonderful people. So, uh, you know, I think I, I'm certainly speak for myself. You know, proud and privileged to to have spent so much time there with them, and uh, you know, allowed their you know got their hospitality, um, you know, so much. Yeah, no, it is a it is an amazing thing to. Uh, to see what we're what we're seeing uh, right now in 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 you know what is a a peaceful and uh, and uh, beautiful country to uh, to have something like this is is really uh, is really a shame it, it's really it's really tough to sort of uh, reckon how that is possible in the, the modern um, you know the modern age so let's talk a little bit about some of those uh, places uh, dive a little deeper um, if you had to uh, sort of pick one city that was a real highlight maybe for each of you um, and if you all pick different ones and this will work really well um, <laughs> Jeremy what was the sort of highlight uh, city for you what was one that really surprised you or stood out for you uh, it's, a, it's a it's a tough call because Anthony had told us all about his previous trip uh, you know trip to Chernobyl and I, I, I you know you've asked me first so I, I have to say I, I, that was that was the highlight for me because you know having grown up you know I was in my in my 20s when it happened and you know there was rumor that it had happened and suddenly the you know the Scandinavians were going hang on our Geiger counters have gone off the off the scale right um and even and and even here the 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 wind blew due north so mm-hmm. this is why belarus which is the northern neighbor got got so much of the radiation you know, so yeah. quickly and then it blew up towards scandinavia so in the uk we got some of it but not so much it was pretty weak but even to a point where people say well you can't eat the sheep now you can't eat the cows you know they they all have eaten the grass that's right. you know that's radiated so yeah. it was a thing you know as 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 somebody growing up during that period it was real and yes, of course, we've seen images and everything else. But when you actually go in there, and it wasn't so much seeing the the reactor and the fact, you know, it's in this sarco- this giant concrete sarcophagus. Yeah, was the new sarcophagus there yet? That was that was before that had been built. Yeah, I mean, wow. that was that was wow. an interesting thing for me. So ten years earlier, there was all yeah. this talk about this new sarcophagus, and it was all European money, and and then yeah. ten years later, they told everybody else the same story that there's going to be this right. new, you know, just this constant, like right. there's going to be this new thing, which right. 2017, I think eventually they got. Yeah. It is finally uh, in place now, but point, unfortunately so when, I, when I went in 2002, one of the yeah. interesting things was the, one of the safety guys from Chernobyl. Uh, yeah. And the thing that always stays with me and he said, Chernobyl will be the next Chernobyl as in <laughs> this concrete thing is cracking. Right. And it's going to, yes. you know, fall down and it's going to let it all out again. Um, right. Right. And it's just like, Oh, okay. So a bit of a time bond then, is it? <laughs> right. And there's right. some amazing documentary work that's been done about this new generation sarcophagus. But even then mm-hmm. they have said, this is a temporary thing that, that nothing mm-hmm. can be built over top of this thing mm-hmm. to, to ever really contain it. This is a, this is a, you know, a long term, obviously mm-hmm. project to, to clear. Yeah. What an amazing uh, thing to uh, be there. We shot Chernobyl, the, the television show, uh, that we did for HBO. That was uh, that was shot in in another town 
that was identical mm-hmm. to Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the, these pattern towns exist all over that part of the Ukraine. And, uh, you know, although some of it was shot in and around act, the actual Chernobyl, um, most of it was in this town not that far away that is identical. The buildings are in the same places, Actually, the reactors in the same, everything. It's that yeah, was an incredible. Uh, I thought it was a fantastic uh, program. And also, funnily enough, I actually knew one of the guys in it, Donald. Um, oh, yeah. And he yeah. lives in the village here. And I said to him that I'd been to Chernobyl, and he's like, you bloody idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, prevailing notion. Is, uh, it's not a, not, not a good place to spend a, a, a lot of time. So, uh, so, so Anthony, what, what was one of the cities that you, uh, that you really keyed in on that you thought was particularly remarkable? Well, I mean, for me, obviously, Chernobyl's gone, but... It actually, Balaclava, Sevastopol, you know, that, that, that Crimean coast was, was incredible. Mm-hmm. Obviously, incredibly beautiful, right. you know, clear water and, you know, yeah. almost a kind of holiday. Well, it is the Black mm-hmm. Sea Resort, holiday resort. Yeah. Um, but just, you know, going into this, um, this nuclear submarine base, that, that, you know, the Cold War uh, submarine base that was dug into the side of a mountain, you know, we drove in with the car. We, you know, we opened the blast. Very 007, very, uh, very James and, Bond. And, and it wasn't yeah. as if, you know, they tidied the place up that much. I mean, there was still, you know, old missile shells and, you know, broken blast down submarines. And, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, there was bits of submarine. I mean, there was a, sure. there was a sort of model of one. But uh, no, it was just, it, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll ping you the pictures and you can sort of put them up. But yeah, yeah it was, it was. Properly James Bond stuff, you know, um, and I, for me that was just like wow, you know. I'm in here. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. 20 years earlier, I'd have I'd have been strung up for being in it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Know, but now we're waltzing around, and um, Anthony's pictures are just sensational from there. I mean, I think the th- the one thing that they explained because you think, well, how did that they came in underwater? So if you the, this mountain, you know, literally the submarines came into the like like their pens, the canals, yeah. if you like, under under the mountain. They came in underwater and then popped up, right? And and so they weren't they couldn't be they couldn't be sort of. And spotted. did they make a? I mean, was that a tunnel that was dug under the mount out in, or were those those were naturally occurring? Uh, and they just sort of no, it, it was all made. Yeah. Oh wow, that's amazing. And it was a sort of it was like an arch. So uh, an arc, mm-hmm. so you know, one in one side, and then it went under the the mountain, you know, literally a mountain, yeah. and then popped out the other side. I mean, there's there's a map that shows you, you know. So wow. basically, if they're in the middle of that, nothing's getting them. So yeah, right, amazing. And Toby, what about you? Uh, oh, the good ones are all taken now. Uh, that's not true, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> what, uh, but what what was what was your favorite? I I, I, w- I would def- I would have agreed with Anthony definitely on uh, on on Sinferopol and Sevastopol and the, and the sub base uh, out, you know just outrageous that we're allowed to go in there and agree the images from there are, are, are something else but very close second for me actually was Odessa I mean mm. again what a place just a, a beautiful city and um, it, for me that's the one that stands out in terms of uh, how how the people reacted to us and how how they how they treated us. I think we did a, a little sort of press conference down there as well, a bit of press junket, and um, uh, yeah, people were just really wanted to know more about yeah. who we were, what we were doing, and and and, and so on, which was. Uh, which was which was amazing, and um, we'd watched the, the the clips of the I think it's Battleship Potemkin, the um, the, the yeah. film that features the steps from a very really really early film. Yeah, um, and we were watching that on phones and so on, and the sort of way, and I'm going, wow, this is amazing. We're going there, and you go and see the steps, and it's exactly like that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's uh, <laughs> of course it's and it was it was amazing. That's amazing. That's awesome. And what about Land Rovers in general? Did you guys see, obviously being a, a you know an ex-Soviet uh, country, probably uh, not as much as you would see in other parts of Europe? But did you see any series Land Rovers? Did uh, were there were there folks driving uh, the more modern cars? Uh, you know, obviously not the richest country, so probably not a lot of Range Rovers. But were you know were the more utility-oriented Land Rovers? Did you see them around? It was there were there were a few actually. I mean, we we did hook up with the local regional Land Rover market. As we were get, so we so we yeah. met the guys from Land Rover Ukraine, and we went to a dealership there, and so on. So we we saw the local cars there. Um, we saw one or two. I, I'm sure Jeremy and uh, Nancy didn't we? We saw a guy in a fairly tripped up ninety. Um, on the it was by one of those. Um, 
we, we hadn't been in the country very long. We just crossed the, the border and Anthony mentioned one of the monuments that was a MIG jet on a sort of metal stretcher. We were parked up there taking some photos and kind of chilling out. And this, this chap drove past and did a U-turn and came back to us. And we were chatting, chatting to him for a bit. And kind of, I don't, uh, we had a translator with us and he, he mm. may have spoken, I can't quite remember, but having a look around and he was like blown away, a real an enthusiast. And uh, I remember Jeremy telling him about his NASPEC 90 and so on. It was a similar sort of thing he was driving. And um, that was pretty cool. Um, and one or two others, yeah, I can't remember any series vehicles in Ukraine, um, but they'll be there somewhere. I don't, I don't remember any at all. No, I, mean, I do. I do remember the dealer in Kiev, though, telling us about um, how he, he tended to get payment for uh, for vehicles, and you'd be surprised they were selling quite a lot of Range Rovers. Oh yeah, and, yeah, 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 and um, yeah, the cash is very popular. And, I imagine. Yeah, I imagine it <laughs> bags would be. bags of it. People literally <laughs> coming with bag, you know, bags of cash to, to to buy to buy Range Rovers. And didn't one of the Klitschko brothers weren't they involved with? Uh, so the two. One of the clips goes is a you know boxer, and he's obviously now on yes. the TV, TV Both a lot. Of them, I think are I think, boxers. Yeah, I think yeah. there was a connection there with with, with them and and, exactly. and and Land Rover in in Ukraine. But um, you know, not there weren't there weren't many. That's for sure. Yeah, there many yeah, not a, not a lot. I imagine plenty of Soviet era uh, trucks and uh, and things like that. Yeah, or work vehicles. Yeah, in, very, in fact, cool. in in Russia, after we left Ukraine, we ended up in this bizarre place. With this guy, this collection of old Soviet trucks parked in a field. Um, mm. Yeah, that was a bit odd. But um, I mean, Lada Neva with a massive engine with sort of big wheels zooming around as well. Lada Nevas, those are fascinating cars. Those are kind of like oh, a, yeah. the Eastern European Fiat Panda, right? They're yeah, yeah. kind of yeah, like yeah. a four wheel drive compact car. Is that right? But this thing just flew over the snow because it was quite light, you know, big fat wheels yeah. and it was just flying, you know. Yeah. It, it was it was a local four by four club, wasn't it? Right, we, yeah. uh, oh, that's right. The, 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 I think the guy is it, was it the guy who had the collection and invited. I can't. I'm not, I'm not sure. We I remember we weren't necessarily expecting to see them, but but it was it was really cool. And they, it was all of that. Yeah, quite heavily modified sort of Soviet era sure. four by fours, and they went right. and did what all four by four clubs do. They go you know drive off road and explore, and uh, to get to this field where this this was in Russia rather than Ukraine, but only just over the border, um, and uh, to get to this field where the where this this weird kind of car collection was, um, it was. A pretty heavy day. It was snow. It was deep, and we were there was this sort of ditch you had to cross, and it took us actually in the heavily laden discoveries a few attempts. No, you know, no tracks, no nothing. Mm-hmm. We're just forging our way through the snow, and um, these guys were sort of they let us go first, and they were all queuing up behind us, and then um, we got got through eventually, kind of carried on, and they were flying past us and doing donuts in this field. We were crossing <laughs> next to us. <laughs> Chucky they didn't have any wine great. in the bag. That was the difference. They weren't. They yeah, weren't laden down. Yeah, to be very. Yeah, mm. yeah, a little more ginger to uh, protect the wine. Yeah, the, yeah. There, was, there was a very cool truck though that this guy had there, or was that somewhere else? Where the, he had a sauna in the. It was an old Soviet army truck, and he had a sauna but, fitted yeah. in in the back of it. A zil, yeah, a yeah, zil truck. Same, same yeah, did you, you know uh, that's that. Yeah. Yeah, did you partake in the? Did uh, you yeah, partake in the sauna? One of the guys did. Warren, yeah, yeah, one of the guys did. But we sent Warren in, I yeah, think, yeah. didn't we, to, to the to the truck yeah. sauna? Um, wow. The I mobile sauna. Was, uh, by birch, yeah. Yeah. I to he got whipped by yeah. birch birch yeah. branches. Yeah, they were, they were yeah, like, "You got the jaws it. of life. We got." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're actually working to fit a sauna into the uh, Pangolin 4x4 up there in Oregon uh, right now. It's under it's an all-nude sauna uh, and 4x4 <laughs> service. Uh, so it's a, instead of a traditional client waiting room, uh, the all-nude sauna. So, uh, <laughs> it, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's very popular. Stephen demanded um, it. I did, yeah. That's the only way that uh, that uh, I'll have any work done on my cars is if there's a new sauna available in the uh, in the area. So, uh, guys, just to just sort of, sort of wrap up uh, uh, before the uh, uh, round robin lightning round, which is just going to be an epic uh, undertaking here that uh, that Ike will uh, for uh, partake here momentarily. Just sort of final thoughts, uh, if I could, uh, Jeremy, maybe starting with you on your time there, and uh, you know, just to, just to sort of uh, wrap up our. Our our, uh, our conversation on uh, your time uh, in the Ukraine. Well, you know, after we were in um, the Crimea, we, we then headed straight north up to up, up to Moscow. And genuinely, I was I was very sad to leave. Um, you know, it was uh, you know Russia is a very different place. Uh, doesn't have the softness. Doesn't have the 
you know, that, the same field that Ukrainians did. And um, so they, they really took us under their wing and, and made us feel, you know, very, very welcome there. And um, there was always a little bit of a kind of looking over the shoulder, I think, for a, for a few days after after we after we've been there. So an absolute pleasure and an honour to have been there um, at such a positive time in their in their history. And um, yeah, like you said at the top of the show, I, I hope it's not too long before you know uh, they get some peace back. Yeah, Anthony, how about you? Yeah, I'm um, obviously reiterate the um, you know the peacefulness to return and for people to to enjoy it. I mean, you know, and to enjoy it with freedoms to be able to go to you know the the, the, the various ports and things and um, uh, and just enjoy the countryside, the people. Um, I mean, Kiev. I've been to Kiev, uh, Kiev quite a few times. Um, magazines and things it became quite a popular destination for you know long weekends, short breaks, mm-hmm. um, and you know I want that to happen again. I mean, it's it's close. It's uh, people jump yeah. on the plane and enjoy the place um, and just embrace it as one of our European friends. And um, so yeah, so so yeah, for me, I just I want it back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And Toby, wrapping up, how about you? Yeah, it's a very similar to sentiment to the guys, really. I mean, what my lasting memory of Ukraine is what a, what a beautiful country, uh, beautiful scenery. Um, uh, and it's hard to imagine, you know, what it must be like over, over there now. But love to go back. But it's, again, hard, it's yeah. hard to imagine when and, and, how, and how that may happen. But uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, echoing that sentiment from the guys, really hope. Yeah. I hope things can can uh, can improve back to back to the Ukraine that we saw at some stage. Yeah, well, and we do as well, and uh, you know, hope that uh, that uh, yeah, that there is uh, there's a resolution and then there's peace in that uh, region again uh, very soon. So uh, to to end on a, on a lighter note, uh, Ike, uh, we are we're going to try a lightning round, but with so many people, this is a world record setting number of people uh, on uh, Her Majesty's underpowered hour. Uh, so what we're going to try is a round robin format where Ike <laughs> will ask the question, and then uh, Jeremy, Anthony, and Toby. In that order, uh, we'll answer as quickly uh, as possible uh, to try and be as true to the uh, lightning round uh, format as possible. So uh, Jeremy knows a little bit what's coming. Uh, Anthony and uh, Toby, I apologize in advance. So uh, Ike, uh, take it away. All right, everybody. Uh, for those of you that haven't uh, done this or are not familiar, this is uh, a few quick questions and uh, quick answers about Land Rovers and your particular preferences. So, uh, yeah, without much further ado, uh, let's uh, let's get started. Are you guys ready? We're ready. I'm ready. Ready. Uh, all right. Okay, first one's up. Petrol or diesel? Diesel. Petrol. Hybrid. Hybrid. Okay. <laughs> Soft top or hard top? Soft top. Hot top. Soft top for me. Soft top wins. All right. Manual or automatic transmission? Manual. Yeah, manual for Land Rover. Yeah, yeah manual. Manual. That depends what it is, but manual. Unanimous. Unanimous. Perfect. Leaves or coil springs? Coil. Coil. Yeah, coil for me. Oh, man- manual coil sprung. Bronze green or Tangier's orange? <gasps> Tangier's orange. The, the green. Yeah, classic green. The green classic. Toby? Hard. Bronze green. Perfect. Perfect. I like it. I like it. And the best way to remove gear oil from your underwear? Get a new pair. Get a new pair? Leave it on. Leave it on. Wear it. He likes it. And Toby? Fire. Fire. (laughs) Perfect. Well done, guys. Coincidentally, yeah, those are the top three answers for that as well. I think (laughs) so. I think that's, yeah, those are, you've covered the spread. Well, guys, hey, thank you again for the time. Uh, Thank you for sharing uh, your experience uh, there and uh, looking very forward to to having you all uh, on the show again uh, sometime in the future. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll cover the rest of the, uh, we'll cover the rest of the journey at some point uh, before, uh, you know, before too long, and uh, and again, our, our our thoughts are with uh, the folks in Ukraine, and hopefully, uh, we can uh, we can all start uh, visiting and uh, uh, spending some time there again uh, very soon. So, again, Jeremy, Anthony, Toby, thank you again for your time. We genuinely appreciate it, and uh, we'll uh, we'll hopefully uh, chat with you again very soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
All right. Well, what a fantastic uh, gang those uh, guys are. Uh, as always, uh, you know Jeremy's, uh, you know, attention to detail and ability to recall, uh, you know, the the sort of neat things, and uh, what a, what a joy to uh, to chat with Anthony uh, and with Toby as well, and get their sort of insight into a country that just sounds uh, really uh, breathtaking, really amazing, and. Uh, uh, a really, a really wonderful place to uh, hopefully see, uh, you know, back in uh, in in a state of peace uh, as soon as possible. Yeah, I uh, I feel really fortunate. I get to learn a lot about a place that I haven't got to visit. And uh, you know, I uh, pre- the only thing I knew about the Ukraine previous to this uh, was that uh, the um, you know big exporter of sunflower seeds. So you see these pictures of the rural areas of Ukraine and these uh, incredibly gorgeous fields of sunflowers. Uh, Really amazing. That's all I, I really knew about the yeah. Ukraine. So it was, it was really neat to talk to some people that had been there and spent some time and, uh, you know, sort of celebrate this place that uh, is experiencing so much hardship right now. Yeah. And I, I had known a little bit about it because of our work on uh, Chernobyl and uh, that, but hadn't had an opportunity to actually visit. And uh, it, uh, yeah, what a uh, what a remarkable place. So uh, as, uh, you know, part of our effort to uh, uh, stand with and to uh, do uh, our part to support uh, the folks in Ukraine. Um, we are working with the uh, International Rescue Committee and will be donating uh, all of the uh, proceeds of this month's uh, worth of uh, underpowered hour uh, shows. So that's all the advertisement that you hear um, on uh, on the show, uh, etc. We're going to donate that to the uh, International Rescue Committee that uh, is doing some great work there, providing um, you know families with uh, temporary shelter, um, with uh, emergency kits, uh, etc. Yeah, for refugees. Uh, both inside the country uh, and outside. And they also do some great work with uh, Afghan, Syrian, and Yemen refugees as well. And so uh, I encourage you, uh, if uh, you know you don't want to work with the International Rescue Committee, that's fine, but to uh, find a charity that you trust to uh, get that help uh, to those folks. And uh, that's it for uh, this week, uh, Ike. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure as always, and it was uh, fantastic uh, to chat with, uh, with those gentlemen and, and uh, learn more. And uh, we'll be uh, back uh, next week with uh, with another one. All right, Stephen, I'm looking forward to it. See you on the trail.